All right. Well, welcome to Renew Church. How's everybody doing? It's kind of like I'm, I'm halfway doing. Let me do it one more time. Pretend like it. Lie a little bit in church. Hey, welcome to Renew Church. How's everybody doing? Woo! Man, I'm feeling good. I'm 42 years old. I am old, man. Thank you to everybody, uh, my friends on Facebook, and I don't have that many friends on Instagram. That's because I'm 42 years old, but uh, everybody that wished me a happy birthday and and just has shown so much love and support uh, to me and to my family. My family got me some new shoes today. They're not really church shoes, but I, I wanted to wear them because they got them for me. So um, I really like them. That's, this is my shoe line. I like Brooks. I don't know why. Uh, I don't even run that much. I used to run a lot, and I need to run a little more, but um, that's, that's my shoes. So anyhow, it is so good to be back with you uh, this week and uh, as we continue in this series called Mind Monsters. Has it been good? Has my monsters been good? Yeah, not, not really. Okay, that's fine. Fair enough. It's probably only going to get worse, so just hold on. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure you just, you know, are, are getting used to me again. And Mikey's so calm and even keel, and I'm the guy that wants everybody to be excited all the time. I'm, I'm the 26-year-old. That guy, he's, he should be 42, you know? <laughs> Anyhow, Mind Monsters, the theme of the series, the idea is, is that our mind is always moving. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. We're always going, depending on where we're thinking, we're going in that direction. Whatever we think, that's what we become oftentimes. You are who you are as a result of your strongest thoughts. So in 10 years, we'll look in the mirror and somebody will stare back. That person will be shaped by the thoughts of today. So in other words, um, you, you back... you. Fast forward 52, wow, that is really, I'm sorry if you're 52, but I, 52, I'm going to be who I am based on what I am at 42, right? I'm going to be who I am at 47 based on who I am at 42, and so on and so forth. You're, uh, you're, uh, you are who you are as a result of your strongest thoughts. So um, we've been talking about these principles and all these things that have um, impacted us, and, and uh, here's the key verse, Philippians 4, it'll pull up probably every week. Philippians 4, verses 8 to 9, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I, you need to memorize that, and you need to read it to yourself. Don't read it to your spouse or to your kid. Read it to yourself every time you start thinking stinking, stinking thinking. You do that thing. Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received from me, Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So, we've been covering in the series, we started with the first week about lies and talking about identifying the lies that can become a stronghold in our life. Um, and we have to figure out how to demolish the stronghold and replace it with the truth. Because if all you're doing is external attacks and just trying to get better at things and you let the stronghold hold, like stand, if you don't break the inner walls of the stronghold with the truth of God's word, guess what? The stronghold's just going to get stronger. And it'll come back. You might be able to fix the external circumstance or the situation, whatever it is, but it will just get stronger and stronger. So you have to demolish the stronghold with the truth of God's word. Last week, Mikey, didn't he do a great job? Let's give Mikey a round of applause. Give God praise for what Mikey shared 
he talked about this team effort that it takes all of us, doesn't it? It really does. It takes all of us because if COVID hasn't done anything, uh, it's isolated us. That's the one thing that it's done more than anything else. And I love this. A, a lone ranger is a dead ranger. I've used that a couple times this week. A lone ranger is a dead ranger. Do not allow the monster of isolation to, to creep into your life. So uh, I'm going to open the door. This is the, the Monsters, Inc. door. You guys like this stuff? Come on, let's give, give uh, props to these people. One of the monsters, one of the, the, the monsters um, that I uh, deal with um, in my life is behind this door. It's not Mike Wazowski, but it's another one, and he's just as ugly. He's just as nasty, and, and, and it's this feeling in my life of this. I'll just show you it, Okay. That was really funny. <laughs> Low self-esteem. Anybody deal with that? Anybody ever deal with that in some area? Some of y'all aren't honest enough to do that. We're in church. Come on, stop lying. No, that's good. Some of y'all have a lot of confidence. That's good. Low self-esteem. You know, my, my thing, my lie, one of the lies that I tell myself, that I've been telling myself for many, many years is I'm, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wealthy enough. Um, I'm not popular enough. I'm not a good enough preacher. These, these things are, I'm not enough, and they continue to creep into my life. And uh, I want to talk to you about low self-esteem, but really I'm going to talk about the, 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 the ruts that lead to that in just a minute uh, from now. I'll start with a story. 17 years ago, um, my wife and I and my unborn daughter was uh, we're traveling. She was uh, she was in my 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 wife's stomach and uh, my firstborn Emily. We were traveling uh, for Christmas uh, west to Oklahoma for a you know time with some family and friends there in in Oklahoma. It's a fifteen hundred mile drive. We had just gotten a, a new car. I say new car. It was a new used car. It was two thousand four and it was a nineteen ninety four Honda. Uh, but I liked it. It was EX leather sunroof. It was nice. It was clean. Um, and that thing rode good all the way from Miami all the way up to Shreveport, Louisiana. We did about a thousand miles on that first day, and uh, it, it just ran really, really good. We only had about 500 miles to go that next morning, so that next morning it was just kind of like, hey, we're just going to enjoy the journey. We're going to have a great time traveling in, getting ready, looking forward to spending Christmas with family, seeing some family, and just enjoying this you know, a week or, or a week and a half with some family and friends um, for Christmas. We got up that morning and, and uh, started out about 6 a.m. And as we crossed the Texas border into, to, uh, you know, from Louisiana into Texas and making our way up to uh, Oklahoma a few hours later, um, it began to rain on Interstate 20. And I mean, it began to rain like some Florida rain, like some, 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 some monsoon type raining. And I'm driving my, my, my new used 94 Honda, and uh, here's one added bit that my wife would have thrown in. She would say it if I didn't, so I'll go ahead and be completely forthright. I put used tires on the car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I put used tires on it. I know, I'm an idiot, but I was 20, uh, whatever I was. I was 23 years old, and I wanted to spend more money on Christmas presents, and I didn't have a ton of money anyway. So I put used tires on the car, and, and those things ran great all the way to Shreveport, Louisiana. But then all of a sudden, it started to rain, and it started to come down pretty hard. And uh, 
I'm, I'm going 70 miles an hour, and all of a sudden the semis are trying to pass me. And you know how dangerous on a two-lane highway, it's not two, it's like divided highway, but there's only two lanes on this side. And you know how, like, you don't want to be passed by semis because it's, like, scary to get passed by a semi because they can feel like they're, like, running you off the road. So I'm just trying to stay with the flow of traffic. I'm not trying to speed, but I'm also not trying to get ran down or ran over. So I'm going with the speed of traffic, which with these semis, these guys are just flying 70, 75 miles an hour. And I'm thinking nothing of it, listening to music, just enjoying the day. You know, I've never had this. I've been driving for seven years at this point, and no big deal. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, and nothing happened. I don't even, like, recall doing anything. I don't recall tapping brakes. I don't recall anything. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, my car hydroplanes, and at 75 miles an hour, I just start spinning. Crazy. 75 miles an hour, driving west on Interstate 20 outside of Tyler, Texas, and I literally come off the, uh, the median, there's no center barrier, and we're going in, and I can see my life and my wife and her, my baby's life flash before our eyes, and I see the oncoming semi coming this way, and I've jammed on brakes, I'm doing everything, fighting the wheel, I pray this deeply theological prayer, God help, and that's, that's it, that's, that's everything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to this in just a minute, like, like I'll, I'll tell you the reason why I tell that story, and I'll give you a close to this story in a minute. But Interstate 20, you wouldn't have known it in dry weather that there was any problem with the roads. There, it looked fine. They looked fine. But when there's rain, guess what? There's ruts. Because those 2,000, I mean, 20-ton semis, those tractor trailers, are creating these ruts in the road that create puddles and ponds that when you're driving a 94 Honda at 75 miles an hour with used tires... It knows you shouldn't do that, and it, it spins crazy out of control. 95% of the time, that 94 Honda would not have any problem driving down the road. But that 5% of the time, when there's a monsoon, and you're going too fast, and you have used tires, you combine all of those things, and you lose control. Things get crazy quick, to the point where you're spinning out of control, seeing your life flash before your eyes, and you ask yourself, did we live? Are you wondering if we live? You, if you're wondering that, you're crazy because I'm here right now. I'll tell you the rest of the story, though, I promise, in a bit. First point, if you're taking notes, if you have your worship guide today, first point, first thing you've got to do is you've got to remove the ruts in your life. You've got to remove the ruts. We've, we've talked about the mind monsters for the last couple of weeks, mind monsters of fear, depression, anxiety, anger. All of these things will get you in a rut. These are not ruts. These are mind monsters. Low self-esteem is a mind monster. And they put you in a rut. You, you get worried. You fall into a rut. You get stressed. You get into a rut. You're guilty. You're feeling guilt. You get in a rut. Mistrust, doubt, temptation, failure, isolation. All of these things will drop you down into a rut that it's really hard to get out of. It's kind of like the, 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 the speedway at Disney World, and you want to get off the speedway, uh, you know, you want to pull the car off the, the thing and drive it yourself down to, you know, magic, you know, to the, the prince's castle and stuff. No, you're in a rut. You can slam it as hard as you want, but you're not getting off the track. You're deep down in that rut. For me, when I was in a rut, and, and still am, I'm, I've been delivered, but I'm being delivered. When I, when I get into a rut, you know what I turn to? I mean, when I, when I 
feel this mind monster, I fall into this rut, and my, my, my rut is the refrigerator. My rut is the refrigerator. Like when I'm angry, I eat. When I'm stressed, I eat. Like when I'm, I'm sad, I eat. I, I turn to potato chips or potato salad or mashed potatoes. I mean, just give me a potato. If you, oh, whoa, unbelievable. You just had that in your pocket, man? Always, you always have a potato in your pocket? We know what his rut is, ladies and gentlemen. But when I'm hungry, I, I mean, when I'm stressed, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm, it's my rut of life. And I, I figured that out. Some of you, that's not your rut. Some of you, your rut is alcohol. Some of you, your rut is overtime. Oh, I just need to make a little bit more money for the kids. No, the kids have everything they need and more. They don't need any more from you, so stop saying that. Stop making that excuse. It's a rut. Uh, some of you, it's, it's shopping. It's a rut for you. Some of you, it's scrolling. It's a rut for you. Some of you, it's fighting. It's a rut for you. Pornography, yelling, and the list goes on and on and on. These are the ruts that we find ourselves, that we fall into because of the mind monsters in our life. I used to have this dog in middle school. It was a collie, and, and we had a decent-sized backyard, but this dog did not want to run anywhere in the yard, um, like in, throughout the yard, except just around the yard. He just ran around the yard, a clockwise circle around the yard, until the point we had ruts in the yard, perfect grass in the middle, and a rut all the way around. And anybody have a dog like that that doesn't like to just do a, you know, just run around in the yard? They just do run, running ruts in the circle. So you know what we did with this dog? Nothing. We didn't do anything. But you know what we needed to do? We needed to change our dog's running pattern. We needed to put some bushes in. We needed to build a fence. We needed to tie the dog up. Probably wouldn't have hurt if we would have took the dog for a walk every once in a while. Like, do something for the dog. But um, we didn't do any of those things. See, these mind monsters we've spoken about for the last couple of weeks, they don't happen overnight. They're created out of repetition. Like a dog running circles around a yard, it doesn't happen on the first day it gets into the yard. It happens on the second day and the third day and the tenth time on the 100th day that all of a sudden there is no grass. It's just a muddy track all the way around the yard. And that same thing happens in your brain, that neuropath that begins to form. And it's, it's scientifically like, I'm, I'm not going to like try to speak scientifically about it, but if you look up and you read the book that I, I'm basing the sermon on, Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle, they talk about this, that, that your brain literally creates these little paths, these neuropaths in our brain to where whenever something happens, we immediately turn to the potato salad or to the cigarettes or to whatever that thing is. So guilt that remains creates a rut in the form of some vice that you don't want to do. Temptation, that mind monster of temptation that remains in time as repetition allows itself creates a rut that you don't want to fall into. And depression that remains is another rut that we find ourselves falling into. I say that because what you need to do if you're in a rut uh, you have to remove the rut. To do that, you have to change some patterns. You have to redirect your path. That's the second point if you're taking notes. The second point is, is if you're in a rut, you've got to uh, redirect your path. If we wanted to get rid of the ruts in our yard when I was a kid, we either had to get rid of the dog, 
or redirect the path of the dog so that the ruts would disappear. In the same way in your life, if you want to remove the ruts, the, the neuropaths in your brain, you've got to change the pattern. You've got to change the things that you're doing. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern, and Trevor, Trevor's translation is path. Do not conform to the pattern or path of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind the renewing that the apostle paul is talking about is in a passive voice meaning that paul is not saying you need to renew your mind he's not saying oh man look at you just renew your mind let's everybody come up here and we're going to have a mind renewal service no you don't need to renew your mind it's a passive voice in other words the renewing happens because of what you did actively on the front end of that verse the front end of that verse it says do not conform to the patterns of the world and in doing that when you do that you create the new pattern the new path you get out of the rut and then god does the second part which is the renewing of your mind does that make sense God wants to do a renewing in our minds but we have to do the first part which is to not conform to the paths in the pattern of this world it's not us but it's God we just need to redirect our paths we just need to put some bushes in the right place and and make some changes in our life to fix the ruts that are going on in our life the third thing is, is allow God to renew your mind because as I said it, it happens when you when you stop conforming when you redirect your path God does the renewing part in your mind it's crazy that we'll spend 20% more on premium gas you know uh, or we'll buy all-natural dog food um, you know that's gonna cost twice as much or or we'll choose the vegan lifestyle uh, but when it comes to our thoughts like what we put into our, our brain, eh, just a thought, just, just, just something I watch, just something I entertain my mind with. Like it doesn't matter what we put in there. Like premium octane and garbage media. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the healthiest food and, and triple X movies. It doesn't make sense, but that's the way sometimes we're living our life. Studies have shown that we're bombarded by about 500 unintentional and intrusive thoughts every day. That's crazy to me, 500. So some of those thoughts are probably even while you're asleep, but some of y'all just had an intrusive, unintentional thought, and, and they happen 500 times per day. And typically, they last about 14 seconds. The average thought is 14 seconds. So 14 times 500 is two hours. Two hours of stuff that's consistently constantly attacking your brain coming in to your mind here's what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8 those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires 
I love that word, mindset, because I think it's such a key to who we are. We have to have a good mindset. They have their, those that live according to the flesh have their, fle- their mind set on what the, the flesh desires. But those who live according to the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. I don't know how else to put it. I don't, I don't know how else to sugarcoat that. The mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is the life and peace that we were just singing about. It's what you're looking for. If your mind is set on the flesh, it's death. If your mind is set on the spirit, it's the life and peace we were just singing about. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. That's terrible to think. I mean, when you consider the fact that if we're living in the realm of the flesh, we're not pleasing God. You, however, Paul says, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. What do you mean, Trevor? You've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. You've asked him to lead you. You're uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you. You are no longer living in the realm of the flesh. You are living in the realm of the Spirit. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin... The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Again, it's that passive thing that's happening to you. Not you doing it, it's God doing it in you. The Spirit of Christ living in you, impacting you, changing you, making you who you are. I'm going to invite Kat to make her way Back up, And as she does, I want, I want you to think about this. I want you, in fact, it's not in the notes, but you can write it down there if you're taking notes. If you let a thought into your mind, it will come out in your life. If you let, if you let a thought into your mind, it will come out in your life. So we have to be diligent about what we allow into our minds. Because what consumes our minds controls our lives. It's not just for the five years down the road as I open the sermon with. It's not for, for in the future. What we allow into our minds controls the way in which we live. Here's the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4. And, and before I even pull that up again, like give you some background on this. Paul was in prison when he says this. When he writes this to the church in Philippi, he's in prison and he says in Philippians 1.12, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Like he's going on the, on the outside, externally, he's going through some junk. It's bad. He's in chains. But he says, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospels. In, uh, gospel. in other words, I'm in chains for Christ. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. So whatever is true, lovely, right, pure, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. If you have any of these things, if you want to think about anything, think about these things and let the peace of God rest in your life. Here's what you have to do. You've got to begin to practice this. You've got to put it into practice. And how do you do that? You do it by writing it, thinking it. These are in your notes. Confessing it until you believe it. You've got to write it Think it, confess it, 
until you believe it. You've got to start to, to write it down and say, you know what, I, I'm not a failure. I'm more than a conqueror. You've got to write it. You've got to think it because all, otherwise all those other 500 thoughts a day are going to keep coming into your mind. You've got to confess it. You've got to tell somebody else that you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus until you believe it. Amen? Here's what I'm saying by this. I'm saying you need to meditate on this. And I'm not talking about like this Eastern meditation of emptying your mind and just trying to clear your head completely. But instead, I'm talking about a Christian meditation, which is not really clearing your mind, but instead focusing on what the Spirit does in us. Experiencing and, and receiving and having those fruits of the Spirit like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You've got to write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. You know, in the first week I, I talked about and I shared how I believed I would always fail, but I began to demolish that stronghold and believe and make a declaration based on the truth, replacing it with the truth that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Another lie that I have believed in my life, as I shared earlier, has been that I'm not enough. I'm, I'm, I'm just not enough, smart enough, good enough, godly enough, rich enough, popular enough, good enough preacher, I'm just not enough. And low, low self-esteem has been one of my mind monsters, and so I would fall into the ruts and I'd allow things to, to, to uh, take over my life. And, and I, I got to a place... I would get to a place sometimes in my, my dark moments when I would question and I would say, like, why am I even here? I'm the wrong guy. Like, I have no family that lives here, and I've said that several times. My Spanish is horrible. Like, what, what am I doing? I'm not enough. But I began to remove the ruts and redirect my path and... God has began to renew my mind, and I began to write it, think it, confess it, until I believed it. I'm more than enough, and I began to write it, and think it, and confess it, until I believed it. And God has made me for his purpose and his plan. I'm in Christ, and if anyone is in, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. My sufficiency comes through Christ, and he is using me exactly as he has purposed. And I began to write it, and think it, and confess it until I believed it. I removed the rut, I redirected the path, and God has began to renew my mind. And, and that renewing of my mind wasn't all, always, it wasn't immediate. In fact, it was in the reading and the, the preparation of the sermon that I, I started thinking back and why do I think I'm not enough? And how does that, how does that come into my, like, my being? And from 1979 till today, when, from, from my birth until today, God, God began to show me that everything that I've done and everything I've been through and everything that I am is, is part of like, his plan to, to bring me to right where I am today. 
In fact, in 1979, or maybe it was like January of 1980, I was born on the mission field in Belize, Central America. My dad was a missionary. And then literally he had already spent several years there. Uh, my older brothers were all there. I'm the youngest. And then he picked up his family, packed his family, and he moved to South Florida where he was the like the overseer for missions in, in a, a denomination for um, you know, all of the Caribbean. And yet we were planted here. Our roots were here in South Florida and Miami-Dade County. And God began to show me that the reason why I have a heart for Miami and not New York City or Nashville or the Netherlands or anywhere else is because 40 years ago, God packed up my family and moved my, my, my dad and moved my mom and moved them from where they loved and from where their heart was so that I would begin to set roots here 40 years later. And as I wrote that, and as I thought that, and I considered the sacrifice that my own family made, my own dad made, I'm like, wow, I'm more than enough. Like, this is all God's plan. Like, this is completely him. Like, the sacrifice that went before me so that I would be here, so that I would have this heart, so that I would do this thing, I'm more than enough. It's not a coincidence. It's not an accident. It's not just a, it was an opening for me to come and be here and, and do this. No, this is all in God's plan. And I, I think I've shared this before, but had he not done that, had my dad not done that, had there not been the faithfulness of my family 40 years ago, 42 years ago, we wouldn't be sitting here today. I'd have no heart for Miami. I'd have no knowledge of Miami. I might as well be, you know, Anywhere else but here. But God began to show me that I'm more than enough. I no longer believe the lies. They won't drop me back into the ruts that I've lost control in for far too long. I, I'm writing it. I'm thinking it. I'm confessing it until I believe it. I'm writing it. I'm thinking it. I'm confessing it. And Till I believe it. I, I can't just, you know, I, here's the thing. I realize that I've been delivered from that, but I'm also being delivered. Do you, does that make sense to you? In other words, like, there's this, I was delivered from that, but the, the, the monster still tries to creep in, and the ruts still try to, like, show up in my path. So I, I was delivered, but I'm being delivered. So God is continuing to work on me. His sanctifying work in my life, his transforming grace all over me has, has, has helped me to get to where I am today. And I'm not where I need to be, but I'm not where I once was. Amen. Today, that's the same story for you. But you've got to do something about it. You've got to remove some ruts. You've got to re redirect some paths. And you've got to allow God to renew your mind. Write it. Think it. Confess it until you believe it. Will you stand with me? I'm going to pray. And at the end of the message, I'll, uh, I mean, at the end of the song, I'll, uh, our worship team's about to come and sing a final song, and, and then I'll, I'll give a, a final word. But just pray and prepare your heart. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Don't think about what's happening after the service. Just give your full attention, fully present right here in this moment for what God wants to do in you. It might change your life. God in heaven, we just pray right now that you'd begin to do a work in us, that you'd begin to remove ruts, that we would uh, 
begin to redirect our path and not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing that you do of our minds. God, we want to write it. We want to think it. We want to confess it until we believe it. Help us, I pray. Minister to hearts, God, no matter where they're at, no matter what they're facing, God, do a work in the hearts of these, your people, even as we sing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together and I'll come back.
Is that you today? Is that your testimony today? I hope and I pray that it is. Man, if you're in a rut today, I want to challenge you. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Let's remove the rut. Let's redirect our path. Be transformed. Let God do the transforming work of renewing our mind. If you're in a rut, you're spinning out of control, like maybe like I did on that Interstate 20 17 some years ago in that 1994 Honda Accord with bad tires. Take my advice. Pray the deeply theological prayer that I prayed on that highway when I was spinning out of control and I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know what to do. And I would literally saw my life flashing before my eyes. That, that semi was coming 75 miles an hour this way. I was going spinning 75 miles an hour this way. There was no center barrier. And literally going into the median, watching, watching this car spin, and I prayed that deeply theological prayer, God help. God help. And guess what God did? He helped. I'm here today. Amen. Let's give God praise for that. I give God praise for that. I was sitting, uh, uh, you know, going at that speed, at that rate of speed, and then the, the car literally, miraculously stopped with the trunk out into the oncoming lane on that shoulder uh, with semis, and, and I remember specifically a semi coming this way, but it stopped on the shoulder before we were able to, you know, jump up on the shoulder into the oncoming traffic where that would have been the end of it. That would have been all there was to it. But God does hear and God does help, and he wants to help do that for you. He wants to help you put on the brakes to get off the ruts, to do whatever it's going to take to make the changes in your life to get out of those things in your life. He can do that for each and every one of you. We've got to think it. We write it. We've got to think it. We've got to confess it until we believe it. Let's not stop giving up on that. Let's not l stop meditating on that and allowing God to do what he wants to do in us. If today God's speaking to you and you would just say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm, I need to, to remove some ruts in my life. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand? Would you just say, Pastor, pray for me? Okay, praise God. Thank you for your honesty. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else? I see your hand in the back. Praise God. Praise God. God, you see hands, but you also know hearts. And I just pray that you would touch each and every person within the sound of my voice that's needing your help. God, with whatever the monster is that they're facing, I pray that you'd help them. Help them to believe that, God, they are enough. God, that they are more than conquerors, that they're a new creation in Christ. God, begin to do a work. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? This, this is really a, a second call and a second part of my, my message that is just between us. And uh, really, it's not even between us. I'm just the one giving the invitation. It's really between you and God. But this is that moment in the service where you would be able to, to, to make things right with God. Because the very first step, it's like anything, baby's first step, you know, first time driving a car, doing anything. There's always that first time. The first thing you have to do is get it right with, with the Lord. So if there's sin in your life, today's can be the day of salvation. Not because of uh, a, an amount of good work that you can do or a promise of an amount of money that you give or because you promise that you'll never miss church again or you're going to read the Bible for an hour every day. None of that. None of that. It's because of what was already done on the cross. Because of Jesus and his, his price that he paid. He declared you valuable. He, he said 
this is how valuable you are. I'll give my life. I'll pay with my life for you. And that's the first step, is to make things right with him by saying, Jesus, I accept what you did for me on the cross. I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to come into my life, to make me brand new. It's this prayer that says, Lord, forgive me, transform me, save me. Jesus, come into my life, and I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. If you pray that simple prayer in your own words, in your heart, Scripture says we will be saved. If that's you today, with nobody looking around, would you just, right where you're at, would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I made that declaration today. I made that decision. Praise God. Let's give a round of applause for this person. Anybody else? I see, I see these hands right here. I see these hands. Praise be to God for what's happening in hearts and lives. And we actually have a, a New Believer's Bible. This is something that we're doing now. And, and uh, it's a, a New Believer's Bible for anybody that makes a declaration that uh, we just want to uh, give this to you and encourage you to take this walk. Start in this journey with Jesus. And, and uh, if you don't know where to go with this, I'm going to tell you where to go. There's a tent outside right when you walk out. You can't miss it. It's big. It's black. Go to the tent and uh, talk with one of our um, people in our Next Steps tent that can uh, just talk to you about your decision today and where to go. In fact, uh, where to even open up. Instead of reading the Bible on page one, it's going uh, to tell you exactly where to go and how, to, how you can be in relationship with God and what Jesus did for you. That's what this New Believer's New Testament is all about. So if you don't, didn't get one, if you didn't raise your hand, you can still stop by the tent on the way out. We want to make sure that everybody starts their journey and they started on a healthy, great first step. And uh, I'm so excited about what God is doing. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. <laughs> let, me, let me pray and uh, then I'll turn it over um, to, to Mikey. God, we just say thanks. Thanks for all that you're doing. Thank you that God, you're you're helping us to defeat the mind monsters in our life. Um, we are writing it. We're confessing it. Uh, we're writing it. We're thinking it. We're confessing it until we believe it. And God, I believe you're going to continue to renew our minds. I thank you for these two that made a decision, a declaration today to start this journey brand new today with you. God, we give you praise for all that you do and all that you're going to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Good morning again. You may be seated. You guys glad you went to church this morning? Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. My name is Mikey, and, and if this is your first time here, I would encourage you to fill out a Connect card. It just it helps us be able to connect with you. There's also some, some things that you can fill out there, like if, if, if you want to learn about small groups or if you want prayer if you want to learn about baptism, whatever the case may be, like you can communicate that on that connection card. And, and, and we, we actually take them seriously. We look at it, the connection cards, and we see what the needs are, and we see how we can help you and assist you in any way that we can. That's why we're here. That's why the connect card is there. So if this is your first time coming to Renew Church, man, fill out that connect card, and you can drop it off either in a bucket or to somebody out at that tent, and they'd love to just talk to you and get to know you and hear a little bit of your story. 
And even if this isn't your first time at Renew Church and you have something that you want to communicate with us, again, baptism, if you want to take that next step in your faith or you just want to let us know about something it is that you have a question about or needing to know or whatever the case may be, fill out that Connect card. We take them seriously. It helps you guys be able to connect with us and us be able to connect with you. So take it, you know, seriously. It's a really cool thing. Um, some announcements today. Um, on October the 31st, we're going to be doing an RC Kids, that's our kids ministry, open house event. So I don't know if you've noticed, if you've been here before, but RC Kids is no longer in this building over here. They've completely moved to a brand new renovated wing. They have their own RC wing. So give praise for that because that's something that we had no idea how that was going to happen and and it's just a testament to what god is doing here like it's so much con more convenient for them they have their own area um they're no longer meeting in in the connections room or the connection room and if this is your first time here at renew church that other separate building there is called the connection room if this is not your first time here at renew church that's the new name for it it's the connection room that thing has had more names than i don't even know what but that's what it is now. So there's going to be an open house on the 31st. That's Halloween Day for the kids. It's going to be for both services, for the 915 service and the 1035 service. Um, there's going to be games. There's going to be a bunch of fun. I think some prizes and giveaways as well. And it's going to be a costume party for the kids too. So they get to come dressed up. They get to check out all the new things that are going on over there at RC Kids. And it's going to be just a really good, fun event. And it's almost like a warm-up for something that's to come later on that day, on the 31st as well, at 6.30 p.m. here in our parking lot. We're going to be doing our annual Trunk or Treat event. So is there anybody here who has participated in any... Yeah, there we go. Any first place winners in the house? Oh, there we go. Ms. Norma, that's right. She was our first champ ever. Any runner-ups in the house? Or you don't want to admit it. That's fine. It's all good. It's all good. But guys, our Trunk or Treat event is on Halloween Day, the 31st, 6.30 p.m. here. Basically, it's a bunch of volunteers. We, we get our trunks, our car trunks. We decorate them with different themes, uh, fun things for the kids. We have candy. We have games. We'll have food there. It's just a really cool thing for the community to come out, hang out. Um, it's a safe environment for the kids as well. And if you enter for, you know, if you enter your trunk and you're going to be doing your own thing, you're entering into a chance to win a, a gift card prize to Target. So there's always cool things with that. We actually have a trunk set up in our parking lot. It's my wife's trunk. It's an Avengers theme. So just to kind of give you guys an idea of what this thing kind of looks like, and there's a sign-up sheet there. So if you'd like to sign up to enter into the Trunk or Treat competition and have your trunk and just do something really cool for the community, you can check that out in the parking lot. Uh, my theme is not Avengers. That's smoke and mirrors. I'm not going to tell you guys what I'm doing this year because I'm trying to win first place, baby. All right? But check that out. It's really going to be a really fun time. And last thing I want to mention is on November the 6th, our women's ministry is going to be doing a, a women's fellowship. They're going to meet here at 2 p.m. And if you're a woman, it's a great opportunity to come out and, and meet some of the ladies of our church and just be encouraged, build some, some really cool friendships and relationships, uh, be encouraged, pray with each other, and and have some good, uh, some good fun. It's a really cool time. Uh, November the 6th, 2 p.m. here. Lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know that there's three ways that you can do that. The first way is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. And you can drop them off on your way out in one of the boxes. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give 
to 786-565-1165. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, thank you for the life that we have. God, I thank you for the message that we heard this morning. God, help us to apply that. God, help us to, to change our patterns, Father, to not conform and, God, to just submit to you and allow you to renew our minds, God, to heal us from these ruts that we can get into in our, in our brains. God, I pray for the offering this morning, God, as we worship you in this way, God, use it, God, to continue to move the gospel forward. As Paul says, God, use it for your purposes, and, and God, bless these people as they worship you and give to you, God, and they trust you in this way, God. God, you know our needs. You know what we're going through, Father. Pray protection over everybody here, oh God. Help us, God. We trust you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.